Welcome back to another edition of the Martinez Marcelo podcast. I'm your host, Wilco Martinez, joined here by my good friend and co-host, Daniel Marcelo. Daniel, it's a beautiful day outside. How's it going? Uh, beautiful day out today. I'm doing pretty well. I uh, just had to get my phone fixed. Had a little accident there, but everything else is uh, working out pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, class enrollment's coming up in the next few days. Well, for you, you just did it successfully yeah, as well. My time was 2 o'clock, and I actually uh, was a little preoccupied um, and didn't do it, but big relief there yeah what thankfully. about your uh, your dates tomorrow i uh have tomorrow at noon so right when we're in class yeah um hopefully we're not too busy and i'll be able to do it right on the dot all right but we'll see what happens with that um going into the world of sports obviously it's been a big week in baseball with the season really yep. kicking off opening day uh new york mets starting out pretty well new york yankees you know lying in the weeds a little bit but uh let's now let's jump on the New York Yankees a, a little bit. They're uh, playing right now against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, currently no score there, bottom of the second. But you know, Yankees have had to deal with a lot of injuries uh, very early in the season. We all know about Severino. Um, you know, we, Stanton, we got that news the other day. Andrew Hart could be out for the entire season, we've heard. Um, and, you know, CeCe's, you know, he's had health problems the last few years. Uh, Batances is out, so you know it's the Yankees are really trying to put together what they can to, you know, figure out a winning ball club here early in the season. And um, what are you thinking about that? Do you think they're going to have enough depth going forward once well, everyone's injuries or as much as they can clear up? Well, if this tells you anything about their depth, they have Mike Talkman playing in center field today. And now, speaking of outfielders, I forgot to mention Aaron Hicks is another guy that's. Uh, on the injured list, I hopefully I didn't say disabled list, injured list for uh, for the Yankees. But I don't think they have that much depth, really, in terms of uh, their offense or their pitching. You know, it, yes, you know, even they even had to try out Greg Bird. They took they had him taking ground balls yesterday, and I I don't think that's really the best idea for for the Yankees to put Greg Bird there, but. Again, it's early in the season. There's still 150-something-plus games to be played. Um, there's still plenty of time for the Yankees to get healthy. They just don't want to – they want to keep themselves competitive. They don't want to be, you know, at the end of May, five games under 500, you know, because you got to assume the Red Sox are going to be competitive and the Rays are going to be competitive as well. And, you know, you don't want to be left behind in, in terms of, uh, you know, playoff contention as the season goes on. Right, and um, now in terms of the New York Mets, what oh, can you tell us about them? Great, great start so far, four and one. Could have easily have been five and zero right now, but you know, I think this is a lot different of a team from last year. I know at this time last year, they were four and one. As Wilco was having a little problem with uh, putting up his putting back up his mic, but you know, this is a team full of professional hitters. You know, even you have Cano, Wilson Ramos. You know, even McNeil's a professional hitter. That guy shows you he can spread the ball to all fields. Alonzo hitting a mammoth of a shot uh, the other night against Miami. Um, and again, with the pitching, you know what you're going to get. You know, you have four really good starters. Uh, Steven Matz is one of those four, but again, he can be inconsistent at times. Jason Vargas rounds out the fifth spot. And again, you'll take five innings, two runs from him any day of the week, which is what they got last night. 
you know, uh, bullpen's bullpen looks good. You know, it's a little questionable some of the moves Mickey Callaway has made. I'm not too sold on his managerial style yet, or even his his brain yet. But you know, they brought in Jim Riggleman as a bench coach. They gave him pretty much a new crop of coaches, which I think is going to help uh, Mickey this season as well. And um, later today, you'll actually be talking about the Mets, hopefully, on Stony Brook official news. Yeah. Talking about the game against Miami, which you just mentioned. Yeah, that was the. We'll be doing the highlights from the Monday night game. Uh, but again, you know, the NL East is a very competitive division. They have four teams who can easily contend for the crown in the NL East. And, you know, you got to beat the Marlins. I think it really comes down to your best team in that division is going to be the one who takes care of business against the Marlins the most. You know, you can't go 500 against them. Like the Yankees last year, they went 500 pretty much against the Orioles, and that hurt them in terms of winning the division, which the Red Sox took care of business against the bad teams. Now, something that just broke um, about half an hour ago, actually, the Cuban Baseball Federation um, has released its first group of players, which will be eligible to sign contracts with MLB teams. And um, this system will be very similar to the one that currently is going on with players uh, who play for ball clubs in Japan or Taiwan and um, Korea, I believe, is the third country there. What do you make of this? Um, I think it's good. I mean, uh, you know, before we didn't have anything like this because players had to defect. You know, even players up to now, you know, it's Cespedes, Chapman, even the late Jose Fernandez. They had to defect, and you know it's some. Those guys don't get there in one shot. Sometimes it takes three or four or five chances to get off the island. But now I think you know there's a whole bunch of talent that's in, uh, in in Cuba. I think even more talent than that's in Japan, Korea. Because you look at some of the players that have come over over the years there, it's just unbelievable how talented they are. You talk about the Goriel brothers. Um, you know, there's a bunch of prospects as well who are uh, who are out there that have uh, in the Marlin system as well. Um, but again, you, you you think about the past about Levon and Orlando Hernandez, just another couple guys who uh, who came from Cuba, and I think it's a it's a good thing that you know it's it's like a baseball factory over there, and it's good that we're able to get those players to play at the highest level. Very well said. Um, honestly, I could not agree more. I think whenever a sport continues to go global, it's good for the sport. Yeah. In terms of growth, commercial revenue it, as well, but in terms yeah. of growth for the sport, it's very good. It, it is it is interesting, though, because, you know, in the NBA, you usually have to either, you know, if you're, if you want, if you're a high school guy who wants to be signed, because these guys are getting signed very young. Yeah. If you're, if you're that young and you want to play, you either have to, like, sit out of high school for a year and then go play overseas for that year. Or you just have to wait till you go through a year of college. Where in baseball, it's just you're 16. You want to be signed? Yeah, here you go. We'll sign you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know it's, it's again it's very different because the MLB has these little I won't say camps, but they have these little um, places in the Dominican Republic. You know, they're trying to develop some in Cuba where you know they, they sign these young baseball players and they don't have to leave their country. They can stay in their country and still be developed. Um, in the island. All right. Um, I think it's a good segue to talk about the NCAA tournament a little bit. So last weekend, um, Final Four was mm-hmm. decided, actually. So it will be Auburn, um, who arguably are the biggest 
underdogs right now in the yeah. tournament. Auburn will take on Virginia, while Michigan State will face off against Texas Tech. Who yep. I don't think many of us expected them to go this well, far, even though they yeah. were a good team. Well, I'm looking at the bracket challenge from ESPN. 21% of people had Virginia in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myself 11, included. 11%. Yeah, I think... If, but, well, they were probably the least likely number one seed, really. I'm surprised Gonzaga only got 15. But Michigan State, 11-1. Jeez, uh, where is... Texas Tech, only 2.2%. Yep. And Auburn, 1.6%. So not a lot of people... Uh, you know, had them in there. And to me, I was surprised that Duke got, even got knocked out in the first place. I think that was a big surprise. Um, obviously, as we saw with the previous two games against um, UCF, UCF and, uh, Virginia Tech. and Virginia Tech, that's right, came down to the buzzer. And um, Duke arguably was very lucky to come out with the win. Both times, very good tipping opportunities mm-hmm. that uh, Virginia Tech and UCF failed to capitalize on for whatever reason, maybe due to the nerves of the moment or just pure luck. But um, I definitely thought that Duke just had enough pure, raw talent to take them to the final. Yeah. And, in fact, I had them winning the entire tournament. But they were knocked out. Um, UNC also knocked out. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, too. Are so, they, it's they, been a good yeah. year. Duke, Duke was obviously the, the luckiest one. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't probably have made it out of the round of 32. Probably not. Um, but, you know, it's I saw an interesting thing here is that... He's had guys like Jason Tatum, Zion, Bagley, Wendell Carter Jr., mm. and he hasn't been to the he hasn't been to the Final Four since I think 2012. It must 12, I think, yeah. Yeah, the team with Okafor and mm-hmm. Justice Winslow and all which, those guys, which is very, very, very surprising to me. It is, and especially Duke. Um, I think their recruiting class next year is not as good as mm-hmm. it was this year. Where obviously they're going to have potentially up to four first-round picks in the NBA draft. Three for sure who will probably be in the lottery. So I do think it's a disappointment. I think you can say the same thing for Kentucky, really, who, I mean, Cal Perry does a great job recruiting every year. Well, he's got a lifetime contract now to uh, to Um, show for it. Which happened today, I believe. He signed that contract today amid interest from UCLA. But I think that Kentucky... They had an okay year. They definitely got better as the season progressed, particularly mm-hmm. starting around January, February. But I do think that fans should feel right to be disappointed by what happened here. Um, I don't know. I think that they deserved a lot better in terms of the talent they have. Yeah. Ashton Higgins, Tyler Hero, Keldon Johnson, PJ Washington, who was their big guy good, good even last player. year and came back. Yeah. I think uh, you know the TV execs definitely sat sat back and said, "All right, at least if we're, at least, all right, North Carolina lost, Gonzaga lost, at least we still have Duke." Oh wait, now Duke is gone. Yep. You know, don't get me wrong. No disrespect to you know the final four teams that are left, but you know, Jared Culver is a very good basketball player, but no one knows who he is. Yep. Not many people are going to tell you who's on Michigan State, but that's a very strong basketball team. Obviously, Virginia's with got Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome. And again, they are a very sound fundamental basketball team. But again, another example of a number one seed who got very lucky. They should not be here. They should be Purdue here. But again, uh, Diakite made a big shot. They got him there. But again, Auburn, you know, that's a number five seed. You know, it's, 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 uh, 
you know, the year of the upset was last year in the first round, but I mm. think the upsets came in the later rounds this year, as you see with, you know, only one one seed and a five seed and uh, in the final four. Yeah, and I think that we should be talking more about what Auburn, what Auburn is doing. Um, they beat UNC. They blew out UNC by almost 20 points. They beat Kansas really comfortably. Mm-hmm. The only tough game they really had was against New Mexico State. Um, which was, I believe, in the very first round, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So Auburn, I think they're a really fun uh, team to watch, just shoot a lot of three-pointers, yeah. space the floor really well, play with a lot of pace. I'm rooting for them to take the entire tournament. I like Bruce Pearl as a coach as well. Yeah, he deserves it. He's been around for years, and he seems like he wins wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you have you know four quality basketball coaches in the Final Four right now. Um, and again, it'll be it'll be cool to see either Tom Izzo face Bruce Pearl, Tom Izzo versus um, Tony Bennett. Um, but again, you're going to see a lot of quality basketball because I think this year these are really the four best teams out of left. Maybe you could yeah. say Purdue should have been there, but again, Virginia's a very good basketball team as well. It's not like uh, it's not like Purdue was hands down better than them. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I guess we should talk about what everyone has been talking about since Duke got knocked out, which is the future of Zion Williamson. Yeah. I mean, he's expected to declare for the draft, obviously. Yeah, he should be the number one pick, barring any unforeseen changes. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, who has the worst record in the NBA, I believe, the is the New York, York Knicks. Knickerbockers. Who have, alongside Phoenix and Cleveland, they have a 14% chance of getting the first pick. In the 2019 NBA draft, Zion would be a godsend for any of three, any three of these organizations. Really, any of the 14 teams in the lottery, I would say. Mm-hmm. So it will be interesting to see where he lands. Um, the Knicks. We'll see. The Knicks. I've seen people mention that Zion will immediately be a top 50 NBA player once he makes it into the league. Do you agree with this? Uh possibly. Uh. You know, it depends what his growth is over the summer. Because if he comes into the NBA the same player he is right now, no, he's not a top 50 player. But, you know, Zion's a hardworking kid. You know, he seems very humble. Um, and I think he realizes what parts of his game he needs to work on. I know he's only six seven, but, you know, he's got to sort of look at the games of Charles Barkley, the games of Dennis Rodman, guys who weren't, who were big, bruising guys, but... They weren't very tall, and they still had to play the power forward position. So Zion's got to, you know, either improve his three point shooting enough because you can't see this guy coming off of a, you know, a couple screens for a shot like a Kevin Durant would, like mm-hmm. you know Carmelo Anthony would when he was still in his prime, and he might be a little too short to deal with the Porzingis's, the Carl Anthony Towns of the of the NBA. Um, but again, he's gonna just aver- he's gonna get twelve points a, g- a night. Just from his athleticism and just from the fact that he's going to end up at some point having someone guarding him who can't have, handle a 6'7", 285 guy. Um, but, again, there needs to be improvements before, you know, because if he doesn't improve, you're not going to see uh, the LeBron James type of guy that everyone wants him to be. I agree with that. I think that there are definitely still things that he needs to work on and refine. Um, about his jump shot, I will say that it is more advanced than people thought it would be heading into the college season. Yeah. I'm looking at sports reference here, and since the start of the year, 
he shot 39% from three on over two attempts per game. So if he keeps that up into the NBA, sure, they're all catch and shoot threes with plenty of time, but, but it's a start. But I think even even if he's not shooting that many threes in the NBA, it helps his game because now you got to come up on him. Mm-hmm. And, and he can you, know, you, know, you. you know how good he is that he can dribble right by you. And if you let, if you sag off of him, you know, he's he can hit a standing still jump shot. He's not going to hit any pull-up threes off the dribble or anything like that, but you need to respect the fact that he has the ability to hit from out there. He's not going to win games from out there, but he's got to he's going to be respectable from out there. Definitely. And the last piece of Zion news is that he might participate with USA basketball in the FIBA World Cup. Coming up this summer, the U.S., um, obviously the favorites, as it really is with any international basketball tournament. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see him play alongside other NBA stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last person to do this was Anthony Davis yeah. right out of Kentucky. So that just tells I, it's you a good ex- It's a good experience. It definitely is, and, and it tells you how valued Zion I, is already. I will tell you that uh, the Knicks did clinch... Um, a top three worst record in the NBA because they they have five games left to play, and Chicago has twenty one wins, which would be um, the other the other team that could possibly fall back in there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if the, even if the Knicks win the next five games, the worst that they can be, the best that they can be, is twenty and sixty two, and there's nothing really Chicago can do about that. So the Knicks did clinch a spot. At with the worst record, I think if Chicago wins their next game, and uh, Phoenix loses, I think Phoenix clinches a second fourteen uh, percent chance. Yeah. Um. But again, you know, it's if you're the Knicks, your 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 dream 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 scenario is Zion, KD, Kyrie, and along with the other cast of characters they have right now. Yep. And um, as you said, as you said, New York. Locked in to have one of the top three worst records. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, I expect, will be locked in, and I think Cleveland will end up keeping the third worst record. Yeah, it, um, Chicago, yeah. they're not like a, I don't know, they're not a terrible team, or at least they're worse than they really should be. Well, there's a huge difference between four and five. Yeah, but you know, again, it's a lottery, so. Somehow New Orleans can end up getting number number one pick. So you you really you really never know. Hopefully, I think it's obviously the best thing for the NBA to have Zion go to New York because mm-hmm. the amount of media attention, the amount of hype he's going to get, along with the possibility of getting two superstars over there. Because don't get me wrong, it's nice having KD in Golden State, but you put him in New York because I think KD looks up to LeBron very much, and you see all the entertainment stuff and all the notoriety that LeBron's been getting since he's been in L.A. So I think going to New York just only helps KD. And he's been looking towards mm-hmm. life past basketball as well. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned New Orleans getting the number one pick because I just um, did the first simulation oh, of the on lottery a, on Tankathon. On Tankathon yeah. And New Orleans got the first pick, Atlanta with the second, and yeah. New York with the third. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do one right now. Let's see. We got Chicago one, Atlanta two, Knicks three. So all right, Knicks with the third pick. I would expect them to either pick up RJ but, Barrett and, or yeah. John Morant. And I would and I would say if you can get either Zion, Ja, or RJ, you got to be very happy with the draft. Um, even even Jared Culver, that's a solid basketball player. I think a lot of people are overlooking his talent. All right. Any NFL news that you want to get into? Uh, it's been pretty know, quiet over the yeah, past few weeks. Yeah, you know, when, when baseball season starts, I start to shut my mind off uh, towards uh, anything in the NFL. But, you know, you had uh, the Tom Brady. The draft is coming up, too. 
Tom, yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady uh, doing his little April Fool's Day prank. Yeah. Um, but again, I think I saw a thing the other day where I don't know who the executive was, but they compared uh, um, Dwayne Haskins to Jacoby Brissett, saying basically saying he's not that good. But um, you know, I, I don't know. You, I, I think I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't. I hope the that the Giants do draft him, but again, you never know because they should have probably taken a quarterback last year. But again, you can't, uh, you couldn't have passed on Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and um, the former executive that you're referring to is Todd Haley. Oh, it's a coach, Todd Haley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah coach that is. Um, coach Todd previously Haley, for yeah. the Jets, the Bears, and the. Cowboys. Is he, is he still team? working right now? I know. No, I think he's retired. Because I, I, I know who is he with? He was with Cleveland, I think, last year. And then yeah. once they cleaned house, I think he was gone. But um, I mean that was only last year, so there's still potential for him to come yeah. back. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray is another name to keep an eye on headed into the draft mm-hmm. on the. I think it starts on the 23rd and it ends on the 25th. Yeah. So we'll probably discuss the NFL draft a little bit more. Headed into the next couple of weeks. But for now, um, there's not much activity on that front. Let's, uh, you know, we got to touch on this, the whole uh, Porzingis uh, accusations. Now, this this is interesting to me because, you know, um, I don't know if the, you know, Porzingis, it was funny because they tweeted, he put that thing on his story after he got traded. The truth will come out. And I don't know. If these allegations are true, obviously we have to look through the whole investigation mm-hmm. until we make uh, you know make our judgments on it. But again, I, you know I hate to make light of it, but if this stuff is true, the Knicks win this trade. You know who knows who knows what is going to happen with Porzingis in terms of suspension and stuff like that. Um, but again, you know does it look bad on the Knicks for trading him? Even though they probably knew about it, even though they're saying they don't know about it, this is a lot of he said, she said, this organization told us this, they didn't yeah. tell us this. There's a lot of that going on right now. Right now, the facts of the story are as follows. A 29-year-old woman said that Porzingis had raped her and beat her inside her apartment the night of his <clears throat> knee injury. Um, she then allegedly wanted to... Um, have Porzingis pay her around $70,000 to fund her brother's college education. $68,000 in hush money. Yeah. She, she never received. Um, the Knicks were, were aware of this. They were aware of the woman, um, the woman's allegations, and they were aware of Porzingis' uh, denial of the sequence of events. But now it remains to be seen what happens. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken... They said that um, they were aware of this, that they knew um, about this allegation before, but that for now it's just business as usual until anything is proven, which is not a great look for Dallas based on everything that already happened earlier this year and with um, the investigation into sexual harassment for employees. But it also seems like, you know, uh, you never want to take any of this too lightly but if the Knicks didn't know about this that means the NBA knew about this they did um and I would think they would block a trade from happening if they knew this was a thing if they felt that 
whatever this woman was claiming is her case is you know strong enough to where it's going to affect or actually uh, convict Porzingis of being guilty. Um, so we'll see how it plays well, out. Um, yeah, we'll reserve judgment on it until yeah. then, but it's definitely something very newsworthy. And um, Porzingis, yeah, he'll be back next season, so we'll see what happens with him yeah. as well. Um, in other NBA news that just broke about an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, the Sixers are signing uh, center Greg Monroe until the end of the season. Um, he's an okay pickup, I feel like. I mean, I don't think he's going to play significant minutes. Um, the Sixers released Justin Patton, who they had attained in the, in the Jimmy Butler trade from Minnesota to sign Monroe. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's an okay trade. Monroe played with the with the with the Raptors, mm. I should say, and the Celtics, I believe, this season for yeah. small stretches. Didn't really do much, um, but I mean, he's okay. He's an okay guy to have as your yeah. third or fourth center on a team. He's a, he's a good depth guy for sure. Um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they're gonna use him for. I think it's just insurance. You know, in case. Uh, Joel Embiid gets injured. You know you don't. You never want to see that for mm-hmm. for your star center. But again, you never know because you know you, you know Embiid's uh, injury history, and you know he, again he's a veteran. He's playing the league for pretty much almost ten years at this point, um, yep. and he's a good insurance policy for him. You know you have Amir Johnson as well. Um, obviously Boban, mm-hmm. um, but again it's a good insurance policy for him. All right, um, let's take a look at the playoff race right now. In the East, well, the top five is pretty much sealed. Um, it is sealed, actually. And the bottom three, six, seven, and eight seeds right now, it's Detroit, Brooklyn, and Miami. But Orlando still has a chance to get back into the swing of things. Charlotte as well. Um, it should be an interesting last few weeks to the season at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Right now... Um, half a game separates Detroit and Brooklyn, who are six and seven. Miami and Detroit, six and eight, are separated by one game. Mm-hmm. Orlando, the ninth seed, half a game off Miami, the eighth seed. And then the Hornets, they are three games away from Miami, but they I still think, have a chance. I think, I think they're pretty much out of it, but the magic through the Nets really is the interesting, interesting part of it here. Even, even Detroit as well, um, but. I don't think Brooklyn's gonna keep their spot. To be honest with you, they got to play. I think they got yeah. They've got a very yeah. Milwaukee. Schedule. They got Toronto again. Then they have Boston again. Miami, um, and I, they're all playoff teams. I think is who they're playing for the rest mm-hmm. of their five games. Um, it's a big test tonight because I think the Magic are playing the Knicks at home, and that's you know more than likely gonna be a win for Orlando. Um, Miami's got to take on the Celtics, which is Miami at home. Miami, let me just check. Um, while I check, let me just say that Brooklyn's last four games are against the Raptors, inter- the Raptors, the Bucks, the Pacers, and Miami. Ooh, that is. So Miami today, yes, they're at home facing the Celtics, and then in the last game of the season, which is Miami and Brooklyn, uh, Miami's Miami's coming to Brooklyn. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, I I think 
I'm going to trust Dwayne Wade's team just because it's a team that Dwayne Wade is is on. I think he's going to give every single last ounce of energy he has. He's, they're going to try to squeeze every last ounce of basketball he has left in him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him turn back the clock a little bit and try to take over a little bit in these games. Um, but I, I obviously don't think the Heat are going to beat the Bucks in a seven-game series, but... You know, it'll be a nice ending to Dwayne Wade's career to see him at least get one last, at least playoff win, even if they lose in five. Yeah, I agree. I want to see D. Wade make it into the playoffs. Um, I would love to see Brooklyn make it into the playoffs just as a reward for the mm-hmm. season that they've had. They're a fun game. They're a fun team to watch play the game as well. Detroit, I mean, they're not so fun to watch, but I do think Blake Griffin has had a really great season. I, they can beat the 76ers. I mean, it's they need to play, you know, Griffin and Drummond. You know, I think it's a good battle against Embiid and Simmons, you know, that yeah. front court. Um, but, you know, the, the 76ers still got to prove that, you know, they, they have taken that step from last year where they made some, you know, I don't want to say rookie mistakes, but first time in their play, in their in their careers making it to the playoffs. I would think they've learned from their mistakes. They're a heck of a home team, um, and they're obviously going to have home uh, court advantage. And I, and I think it's going to be – a good series, uh, 76ers will probably come out on top, mm-hmm. but I could see the Pistons giving them a good run for the money. Again, they're well coached by Dwayne Casey as well. All right, let's move into the Western Conference where um, the top eight seeds have already been decided. Golden State, Denver, Houston, Portland, Utah, the Clippers, the Spurs, and OKC. Speaking of OKC, Russell Westbrook last night, 20, 20, and 21. What, the, what, a, what game. a game. It's yeah. just... Something historic, really dedicated it to Nat and to Nipsey Hussle after the game. Yeah. Um, just an all-time performance by Westbrook, really. Mm-hmm. And you know that that was a great performance. You know, I have never seen anything you know that quite. That's hard to do. Twenty, twenty, twenty. You know, just think about doing anything twenty times, doing three different things twenty times in one day. You know, that's mm-hmm. let alone just doing uh, doing that with a triple double. Um, you know, we all we all know how incredible of an athlete he is. You know, it's gonna be fun watching him in the playoffs against the Warriors. Uh, yeah. If if that stays the same, uh, you know, we still have a couple games left to watch how the seedings play out. Um, but I would love to see that matchup right there. I, the way the way the playoffs are set up right now, I, I love I love the dynamic of e- each series. I agree with you, and um. Westbrook, who, by the way, clinched averaging a triple-double for the third straight season. An unbelievable. Um, I think people have just grown too used to that, but it's really an incredible achievement for him to do that yeah, people, for three seasons running. People always hate on him as stat padding, whatever. Stat padding, whatever. He, you know, I don't agree with that. I what, what does the big man do once he gets the rebound? Yeah. He gives it to the guard. Why wouldn't you just want your guard to get it instantly and mm. boom, you go from there? Especially when you have Paul George running with you on the wing, yep. You know, I, I think it's I, I think what he is doing is unbelievable. I hate that he's not really getting the credit he deserves because maybe it's because he plays in OKC, maybe because he's in the Western Conference with the James Hardens putting up sixty points, fifty points, forty points a night. Obviously, with the Warriors out there, and even the like the I feel it's the same thing for the Nuggets. They don't get sort of the the love that they deserve from the rest of the league. Yeah, and uh, I just want to highlight that Westbrook did this game with only two turnovers, 
which I'm hoping that he continues that trend headed into the playoffs, just playing more under control, mm-hmm. making wiser decisions, especially when it comes to his three-point shooting, which right now is around 28%, which obviously is terrible, especially for a guard, but really for any NBA player who shoots threes on a regular basis. So I'm hoping that he plays more under control, just like how he did yesterday. And um, if he's able to do that, I don't see why OKC can't make a deep, a deep playoff run. I think all these teams that are in the chase right now, even the Clippers who were trading away assets at the trade deadline, um, all these teams are capable of making deep runs. I think they're almost all of them can beat the best team that comes out of the East. Um, but again, I was talking about the dynamic of these series that Warriors Thunder, you obviously know everything going on there. Uh, we had that, what, two years ago last year? Um, that was you know that's always a fun series to watch to see Westbrook and even Draymond go up against Westbrook and Draymond against Stephen Adams Um, Nuggets Spurs those are just two well coached basketball teams as well Um, and it's one of those series that the Nuggets got to take care of business at home because we you know the Spurs are very good when they get that home court advantage back Rockets Clippers we talked about a few weeks ago how it would be crazy to see uh you know, a Chris Paul-less Clippers, a Blake Griffin-less Clippers, knock out a team with James Harden and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And then Trailblazers Jazz, that's just another strong series as well. These are all series that you want to watch all, all, all the games that are played in them. Yeah, they should definitely make for great watching, especially because the, the regular season hasn't been that interesting mm-hmm. in a little bit. So um, I'm ready for the playoffs to get started, really. Yeah. I think for the West, as you said, there's a lot of good matchups. But also in the East, I mean, Milwaukee, M- Milwaukee, Miami right now is pretty decent. Toronto and would be facing Brooklyn. That would be fun. Philly and uh, and Detroit, I should say, and then Boston and Indiana, which is pretty decent. Um, Boston is the one team who really I'm not. I'm not, not sure sold, what they're not gonna do. Sold on. As a Knicks fan, I hope they lose in the first round. So, uh, Mr. Kyrie Irving can. I definitely think it's possible, join. but. Uh, I think I think the Celtics have been so inconsistent throughout the year. Yeah, you know they they do say the playoffs is a different season, so you could all of a sudden boom, uh, Celtics are in the zone. They're not turning the ball over. You know everyone's playing through each other, um, and I think you you know hopefully you see the Boston Celtics that took the Cavs to seven games last year, mm-hmm. or you know took that series deep. Um, and hopefully we can see a 76ers Celtics Eastern Conference Finals, or you no know, those top four teams. That's going to be a fun conference series if it comes down conference uh, finals if it comes down to those four teams. Yeah, and um, on the Boston front, I'm interested in how Gordon Hayward will do in the playoffs. Oh, he, um, huge X factor. We'll see. I mean, in the past one, two, three, in the past five games, he's shooting 25 percent from three. Mm-hmm. Um, 13 points a game, which is all right. How many, do you know how many of those games they won out of those five games? They won, they won three games. They beat the Spurs, Miami. No, I'm sorry. They beat Cleveland, Indiana, and Miami, and they lost against Brooklyn and San Antonio. So, I mean, they're expected to beat Cleveland, obviously. Mm -hmm. They really should be beating Indiana. Although in this Indiana game... I want to say he only had um Yeah, he only had 11 points, so it's not like he had a massive impact on the team, yeah. but 
it's probably you know a little bit you know it's hard to get that whole injury out of your head especially when you're trying to play full speed but he is a huge 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 x factor and you know if you get the gordon hayward that they signed when from utah you know i think uh you're gonna be very happy with how deep the celtics go in the playoffs this year all right we're uh we're nearing 40 minutes on this podcast here so um should probably wrap it up now gotta head to class yep. in about 10 15 minutes so you want to do the honors I'll, clo- I'll close it out from here um I think the NCAA uh, championship game is going to be two, next Tuesday, right? Next, next Tuesday? Monday, Monday? I think. So who's, uh, what's your prediction for our champion here? All right. I'm going to say, all right, so it's Michigan State, Texas Tech, and Virginia Auburn. I think Texas, no, I think Michigan State is going to be Texas Tech. And I think, I think Auburn will be at Virginia. And it will be Michigan State and Auburn in the final. And as much as I would love to see Auburn win, I think Michigan State will be taking it. I think I think it's going to be Michigan State winning and then Virginia winning and Virginia beats Michigan State. And Virginia finally uh, gets rid of all the BS that came with losing to a 16 seed last year. Yep. All right. And that's it for this week. Uh, for Wilco, this is Daniel Marcello. And thank you guys for listening.